Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another episode of Train, Eat, Repeat. I hope you guys are keeping warm. It is snowing here, and it's cold, and I hear the Northeast is also going to get hammered with a nor'easter. Andrea really likes that word, nor'easter. <laughs> um, but they, I just hope that you guys are staying safe. Happy Hanukkah to those of you that celebrated the start earlier this week, and almost Merry Christmas to all of you. Um, so with that in mind, with all these holidays coming up, we want to make sure you guys are aware of our Jumpstart program, a community-based, results-driven program that we really want you guys to be a part of. It's basically springing off the back of our reset program, which only has two weeks left, and the results that we're getting are amazing. If you follow either Andrea and I on Facebook or Instagram, we've been sort of posting up the results and the things that people have sort of come to realize about their health and wellness. And we are just so incredibly proud of everybody who is in that program and really hope that you guys come and join us. There are so many different resources that you get with this Jumpstart program. I mean, literally, like, I, I just don't even know how we do it all. For sure. So the Jumpstart program, as Tyler mentioned, starts on January 1 of this new 2021. So let's forget 2020 and start off with a bang. You get three strength training workouts every week with video demonstrations of either Tyler or myself, two active recovery programs, whether they're Pilates or mobility, but they really help you come back from that soreness that you might be getting with the strength training program. You get a cookbook, you get nutritional guidance, you get... Uh, recipes, already said cookbook and recipes. You get live Zoom with us every Monday night so we get to see your pretty smiling faces and check in with you. We check in with you on Facebook as well. We have a private group that has built such a wide community of encouragement and supportive people that it's such a great resource to see that everyone's missing that community of a gym and that we can duplicate that on Facebook. It's really, really interesting. And the great thing too is that everybody can do these workouts at home. So we're talking about exercises and workouts that use minimal equipment. So don't think like you need to be an advanced lifter or have like a full gym in order to do these workouts. You will be able to get effective workouts in. And like Andrea spoke about, the community aspect cannot be understated. Like I think some of the deepest conversations that we have in vulnerability is during those Monday night Zoom sessions Mm -hmm. where literally everybody puts their guard down and is around a circle of individuals that are in the same position that they are. And so to be able to to share their stories and have us listen, but also to sort of help people along and ask the appropriate questions so that they realize what needs to change in order to live an otherwise healthier life. So if you guys are interested in joining, um, we will have an informational Zoom. So if you want to get to know a little bit more about the challenge, this Sunday, 1220 at 3 Eastern. And it's going to be a Zoom link that we can send to you. So if you are interested, either look up Andrea Sage, S-A-G-E, or Tyler Ferent, F as in Frank, A-R-R-A-N-T on Facebook or Instagram. Just say, hey, I'm interested in the jumpstart. I want to know more. I want to be a part of this program. We'll make sure to send you that free Zoom link for that free Zoom session on Sunday, 1220 at 3 Eastern. So um, really excited for you guys to join. So what are we talking about this week? We're going to go back to sort of the old format. If those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a long time, and I appreciate it if you are listening. Sorry if you hear the dogs wrestling in the background. Um, So the entire goal here. Hey, guys. Enough. So 
The big thing that we're going to be talking about today are three topics. Number one, we felt it was important to talk about Pilates. And the reason why is that I think Pilates isn't that well known. A lot of times I'll say Pilates to somebody and it sounds like it's almost like I'm speaking a foreign language to them. And want Andrea to really take you through the history of it. I think it's always, I think it's very fascinating why Pilates was created. Mm-hmm. And then to also talk about its practical applications and how you can use Pilates inside of your own programming uh, and to benefit you in numerous ways. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to talk about plant-based diets. Again, a topic, if you say plant-based diets, that's opening a can of worms. <laughs> and we're going to unpack that a little bit. So that way it's a little less confusing. The benefits, the drawbacks. Um, again, we are not affiliated one or the other. It just so happens that Andrea, if you want to get technical, you're a what? I am an octolectarian. <laughs> octolectarian, which basically means that she doesn't eat anything with a face, but she eats dairy and eggs. Mm-hmm. And so we'll cover those bases. And then you're also talking to somebody who is more of a flexitarian. Mm-hmm. So I see the benefit in eating plant-based foods, but I occasionally do enjoy some meat as well. And sometimes maybe a little bit too much, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. And then we're going to finish things up. And we're going to talk about, um, what was the last topic we were going to talk about? Yoga and Pilates, the difference between, oh, stress management. Stress management. My goodness. So both of our brains are working real well today. Um, We're frozen. You were frozen, exactly. (laughs) But no, we're going to talk about stress. And I know that we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast. And I've also talked about how we sort of attack that. That's one of our major things that we want to try and help people with in our program. So whether you're doing something like the Jumpstart program or you're doing some of our one-on-one coaching where you're working alongside both of us, this the profound effect stress mm-hmm. can have on your body, on your ability to see your goals through to completion, your ability to get good sleep, and how it can affect your life and, and how there are some silent stressors that you may not even know are there. So uh, without further ado, I'm actually going to turn majority of this conversation over to Andrea because I have done Pilates. I think it's fantastic. Actually, I did Pilates workout today. Um, but I want Andrea to sort of take over this conversation around Pilates and and I'll interject when I when I sort of need to. Sure. All right. So thanks, Tyler. So um, like Tyler said, we're going to talk a little bit today about Pilates and where it came from, what it benefits, um, what kind of certain things you get from doing Pilates, just a little bit of everything that we're going to talk about from Pilates. So uh, Joe Pilates um, was born in Germany in 1883. And around 1914, um, during the outbreak of World War One, he was put into an internment camp. And when he was in that internment camp, He was uh, teaching other people that were stuck in the camp different exercises that he had gained in his many years of experience of being very active. He was a boxer, and he actually did an apprenticeship for yoga as well. And he took a lot of different exercises and kind of made them his own. And what he did is he developed the original um, mat work that we do today in Pilates. And mat work is specifically done on the mat, and it's a series of exercises layered in specifically for your core your posture, um, breathing, joint health, those type of things. So he developed that mat work while he was in an internment camp. And then much later down the road, um, when the influenza outbreak happened, the people that were doing the mat work under Joe Pilates did not get the flu, which was really interesting. Um, He believed that circulation was the key to health and that his exercises stimulated the white cell development in the body. 
Uh, later on, he was then put into another internment camp and he was in charge of um, sick people. He was in charge of people that were diseased or had physical ailments. And so he wanted to help these people rehabilitate. And he started to develop some type of a format, an exercise equipment. He took the bed springs and he made it so that people could still stay in bed and still move around and exercise and rehabilitate a lot of their issues that they were doing. And what he did is he developed what we use today as the reformer, which is a spring tension type of equipment that we use during Pilates. Um, So Pilates starts on the floor specifically with our mat work and we're laying on our back and that's to put undue stress on, to avoid putting undue stress on the heart and as well as on your joints. Um, But the mat exercises are still really hard because you have to use your own body and your own control to move through these exercises. I think it's just incredibly fascinating that this guy developed a form of exercise while being in a camp, you know, like he saw an opportunity to help people that weren't moving that much, Mm -hmm. needed an emotional boost, needed something to do. for sure. And what I find fascinating is that he was well ahead of his time Mm -hmm. in the sense that he sort of had the realization, even though I don't think he expected it, that people's immunity was better Mm -hmm. by doing Pilates. And I've always said, you know, as cliche or as as weird as it sounds, that motion is lotion for the body. Circulation helps with recovery. It obviously is going to help with, you know, boosting your immune system. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about Pilates is that it's so low impact, Mm -hmm. right? So you talked about how like it's spring resistance versus something that is really hard on the joints, like heavy lifting, hard running, those types of things. So I'm just curious now that we know the, the knowledge or the, the background around Pilates, like what, who is Pilates for? So I don't want to be as cliche and open say it's for everyone, but Pilates gives you an opportunity, as you mentioned before, that it's it's low impact on your joints. And from what Joe Pilates developed, it, it really does boost your immunity. And when you do Pilates, you have to remember that you're it's not going to be a down, dirty sweat that you're going to do. It's more of an inward thinking, connection with your body, um, deep breathing, and really understanding what muscles you're moving and how they move through your body. And to to rehabilitate some imbalances you might have. So anyone um, that lifts very heavy, anyone that is an athlete, a dancer, um, someone that has lower back pain, um, someone that wants to develop more core strength, it really is an exercise format that anyone can really jump into. Um, And when I say jump into, of course, we start at the, you know, bare basics kind of thing we build from there, but you will notice significant benefits, your posture. Um, I've trained several people that work at a desk all day long. And when you work at a desk, you have rounded shoulders and you're hunched over. And by the time you're driving home, you feel like you can drive with your nose because you're so rounded over in the steering wheel. And people that have taken Pilates have really realized in the afternoon time, they're still sitting up nice and straight. And when you sit up nice and tall and have good posture, you actually breathe deeper and you inflate your lungs more. What you talked about, like the connection to the body and why would that be important for somebody? Like what's the carryover effect 
of knowing how to move your body effectively, lengthening tissue, obviously, which is a big proponent of doing Pilates and core strength. Like what, what's the carryover effect into a normal person's life? Because we're not all athletes. Sure. So the carryover into normal life. So we function, we do several different movements throughout the day. We get in the car, we get out of the car, we bend over, we pick up a pencil, we put the groceries away, whether they're above our head, below that we have to squat down and put something in a cabinet. Everyday movements, it will help benefit because you'll understand how to engage your core because you're, you turn your mind inward and think about, okay, when I'm doing this exercise, I need to make sure my belly button is in, my back is flat, I'm taking a deep breath, but I'm not letting my belly puff out when I'm breathing. And those movements become second nature as you do them more often. And you'll realize that when you drop your pencil in the afternoon and you usually like creak and be like, oh no, I can't, I can't get it. You'll realize that you just bend right over and you're able to pick up that pencil. So many different functions that we do throughout the day, so many different movements that we do are going to be enhanced by Pilates and we'll actually do them correctly. And things that people probably take for granted majority of the time and don't think about, right? You don't know what you don't know, but I think if you were able to be aware of the fact that it's harder for you to put your shoes on mm-hmm. or maybe tie even your just, shoes. right, or tie your shoes or even, even the, the simple task of getting out of bed in the morning and maybe not feeling stiff sure. and tied up. Um, talk about the, we, you talked a little bit about intensity and I think there's still a sort of belief out there that in order to see results, you have to put your ass through the ringer. Sure. Like, excuse my French, yeah. but you really have to push it in order to see results. What is the, how does that, how does Pilates tie into or debunk that belief? Sure. I, I was one of those people that was under the assumption that no pain, no gain, right? And we've all learned later on in our lives that no pain, no gain. It's it's not really what you want to follow. And if I wasn't sweating or if I wasn't doubled over in pain or if I wasn't sore, then I wasn't working out. And then I started to do Pilates and it's a completely different workout. You feel, um, you come in feeling stiff. We always do a specific warm up that you do before you get on the reformer, before you get onto the mat. And we take notice to see where you're starting at before your practice and where you end at your practice. So where you start at, when you hinge over and reach for your feet, you'll notice that you're touching your shins maybe. And at the end of the practice, you're touching your toes. And it's a huge difference. So Pilates is not going to be sweat driven. You will sweat, you will get warm, but it is more of something that you can do for yourself. It is going to help your joints. It's going to help your muscle tissues. It's going to help your bone, your bone health as well. Bone health as well. I can't talk. And it's going to help with your concentration and your coordination. And we all need coordination as we're getting older, especially with the weather changing and things getting icy. You always want to have a strong core to make sure that you're coordinated within your, if you're going to slip on ice or anything like that. But it's a workout that is going to take you, um, you're going to turn everything else out outside and you're going to really just focus on yourself for that 50 to 55 minutes that you're doing the exercises and you get done and you feel amazing. A lot of my clients say it was hell to go through, but when I got done, I feel 10 times better. I feel like a million bucks. And not the type of hell that you would feel from like <laughs> doing a boot camp yeah. or something like that, but literally because you're so connected to your body, you feel every single movement um, in your core and in whatever, you know, movements that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the the one thing that's out there is when I say Pilates, sometimes people go, oh, that's like yoga, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's to no fault of anybody yeah. because you don't know what you don't know. But can you sort of give us an idea of how yoga and Pilates are different? Sure. So I um, I wish I could be a yogi. I would love to be a yogi. It's but I cannot slow my brain down. I cannot um, deep breath and you know think about what I'm doing. If, I, the times I've done yoga where they're like, okay, just let it go, and I'm like, okay, I need a pencil and paper. I need to write down my grocery list. You know, I'm just not able to center myself and do Pilates. So that's my own personal opinion. I mean, center myself and do yoga. And we're not saying that yoga is not no good. Yeah, no, I love if it. If you are that person that loves yeah. it, there's tons of benefits to yoga. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but Pilates. Pilates is more of my jam in the sense that um, I'm able to really connect with what I'm doing in the moment. And I do feel the burn and I do feel like I have really worked out, but I've also done something beneficial for myself. So yoga is um, more of a meditative exercise. Um, It's a lot of deep breathing. It's a lot of different postures and you hold those postures for an extended period of time, but it's got more of a spiritual health, more of a cleansing spiritual um, awareness of it. Whereas Pilates is to strengthen the core, improve posture, stabilize and elongate the spine and develop balance and overall body strength. So it's a little bit different. Um, We use a little bit different equipment. In yoga, you use a mat and in Pilates, you use a mat as well. But in yoga, you might use a strap or a a block to get into those deeper poses. We also use a reformer in uh, Pilates as well as a Cadillac. I know it's not the car. It's a specific table that we use. Um, We use a thing called the Wonder Chair. And we use different ladder bearers, and we have a lot of different um, apparatuses that we can do for for Pilates. Um, so long and short, I would say that yoga is more of a meditative process, a meditative practice, and Pilates is more of a rehabilitation, um, strengthening your core, your posture. They both deal with deep breathing, which is probably the similarities that people think about, but it is a vastly different workout. And one that you guys definitely should try. Like before I met Andrea, I'd never heard of Pilates. I'd never done Pilates. She started to torture me on the reformer. <laughs> um, but but honestly, being somebody that, you know, more true sense of the word exercise was doing things like running and boot camps and weightlifting with a barbell and not realizing as I aged how just how important mm-hmm. flexibility core stabilization and body awareness was in order for me to be able to bounce back quicker from workout to Mm -hmm. workout. And more than just what stretching and foam rolling Mm -hmm. do for you, we've talked about that in terms of great recovery techniques, but it almost sounds like Pilates is something you could do a little bit of it every single day. Absolutely. You can do it every single day. um, And it is really beneficial. The more you do it, the better your practice gets. Uh, Tyler and I were having a conversation. He did Pilates this morning and he said, you know, now that I've been doing it, it it's easier for me to get into the the positions, but it's still harder for me. And it, it said it's harder for you because you understand what you're getting from each exercise. I don't have to remind you to keep your belly button in, keep rounded, keep your shoulders down, take a deep breath, exhale, inhale, those type of things. You know how to do those already. So you're more focused on the actual uh, exercise and the muscle that you're doing. And one thing that all of my clients say, um, I think every single client of mine has said is was, was that I wish I had Pilates 20 years ago. And I totally agree with them. If I did this 20 years ago, I think I would have a lot less impingements than I had later on in my life. 
For sure. And and goes to show that it's never too late to start a Pilates routine. Like, don't ever think. And we talked about this last week on the podcast. Like, if you're in your 30s and 40s, you still have like 50 years or yeah. so of your life left. Yeah. Like, don't think that you can't gain back more flexibility, core strength. Um, one of my clients right now, you know, he's an avid golfer and he's lost so much uh, distance from his drives. And one of the biggest reasons is that he's la- he lacks range of motion and core strength. So now having him do Pilates, one of his last outings this year before, obviously there was snow on the ground. He said, he told me he drove the ball 30 yards longer. Now is all of that from Pilates? Not all of it, but think about it. If you can get into a full range of motion in your swing, you're going to be able to hit the ball farther. And he's not a professional golfer. He does this as recreational. Mm-hmm. But if it's something you love mm-hmm. and if you, if you, the shape or condition you're in is keeping you from doing what you love, you owe it to yourself to, to try it out. Absolutely. And I... You need a really good instructor who's going to understand the different mechanics of how your body moves. And if you're interested in doing Pilates, I do a class through Zoom uh, every week. So reach out to us and let us know if it's something you want to start. Uh, if you want to do a private practice, we can do it through Zoom as well. And it's something that you'll walk into with an open mind and you'll walk away going, why didn't I do this last week? For sure, guys. So definitely reach out to Andrea if you're interested. Also, you can get a little sample of Pilates. We're doing our free 30-minute workouts on Facebook every Saturday at 10 a.m. The back half of that workout, the last 15 minutes, is all Pilates. So even if you're just semi-curious and you want to check it out, and we're doing mat Pilates, and we keep it... It's challenging, but we keep it somewhat simple because we realize there's a lot of people watching that maybe have never gotten into those positions before. Um, But it's a quick and dirty workout. The first half is all hit, so you will sweat a little bit if you're one of those uh, sweat junkies out there that needs to get that sweat on. So, um, So let's transition. Yeah. I have probably the best person next to me <laughs> to talk about this subject, and it's a subject that's hotly debated, and it's plant-based diets. And I would say that it's probably been more in the mainstream within the last, I would say, six years, Mm -hmm. six to ten years Mm -hmm. um, with documentaries like Forks Over Knives, Mm -hmm. What the Health, Game Changers. Mm -hmm. It now it's it's it obviously means that whenever the media picks up those stories, that it's being talked about on a high level, Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of debates out there. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of want to educate you guys around what plant based eating is, the different varieties of it, but then also to walk you through sort of training repeats approach to nutrition and how we sort of take pieces of what the plant-based diet does really well to incorporate it into people's diets. Mm -hmm, For sure. And there is so much discussion around plant-based eating when someone says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan or I'm plant-based. You get always the response of, what do you eat? And I get that all the time where, you know, like, where do you get your protein? And if you saw me, I know this isn't visual, but if you saw me, I get my protein people, you know, I don't, I'm not a bag of bones withering into the unknown type of thing, but there's so much. She's (laughs) jacked. No, (laughs) but there's so much talk around plant-based eating and everyone's like, well, you do that for choice. And it's, it's a very, it's very different. Um, I've been plant-based vegetarian for probably, um, about 14, almost 15 years. And it's it's a hard transition. I'm not going to lie. It's a hard transition, especially if everyone around you, you know, eats meat and doesn't eat like you either. Um, but after years of research and understanding what your plate needs to look like, it, I wouldn't go back. 
I wouldn't go back. But but your reasoning was not from a philosophical sure. reason, right? Yeah. It was because you actually have an allergy to a protein enzyme. Yeah. That is in meat. Yeah. So like, it's not like you chose not to eat meat. No. And you were just like, yeah, I'm going to figure this out on my own. But you were almost forced to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a couple of different options with plant-based eating. So um, plant-based eating is more of you, if I'm a plant-based person, I eat little or no meat, dairy, eggs, fish, or seafood. I avoid highly processed foods, more whole foods, and I'm motivated by health and wellness. That's the definition of a plant-based eater. Or if you like, if you guys have read like the whole foods diet, Mm -hmm. they call that a plant-based diet. However, they say that you can still have 10% of your diet yep. consisting of meat, which if you look at like 10% to make it easy for you guys, so you're not like calculating, oh, what, how many meals is that? It's like one meal a day that you have meat with, mm-hmm. and it's maybe like three to six ounces. But again, when she talks about like non-processed foods, the quality of those plant-based foods also matters. Mm-hmm. And the same case with like your meat, making sure that it's 100% grass-fed mm-hmm. beef and it's cage-free chicken, because those factors matter. Sure. And when we talk about Whole Foods and what he had mentioned in the book, we just we say that meat shouldn't be celebrated as the focal point of your meal. It is the side, the accessory type of thing. So we defined plant-based vegan, which uh, avoids any meat, dairy, eggs, fish, seafood, and bee products. So anything created by an animal, a living heartbeat, anything like that, it avoids anything that ingesting that. They avoid avoid anything that's derived from animal plant or animals, um, such as leather, um, fur, those type of things. And sometimes they eat, they tend to eat a little bit more high processed meals as well. Um, For instance, the number one vegan food out there is Oreos. It's the number one vegan junk food. There's no animal process. There's no animal uh, and anything in that Oreo. It's all chemicals. Yeah. And, and that's that's the other thing, too. Like I just talked about, like we're, we're trying to educate you on what these diets are, but mm-hmm. it, it also means you need to do your own research because you could say French fries yeah. are are vegan, yeah. right? And we know that French fries have processed oil, yeah. they're fried, yep. um, and just not good for you overall. And then we go into vegetarian. Uh, that's a person who doesn't eat meat or any other animal products for moral, religions, or health reasons. Um, there's a couple different levels of vegetarians. There's the lacto-vegetarian, which in, um, excludes meat, fish, poultry, and eggs. There's the avo-vegetarian, which is no meat, poultry, fish, um, or dairy, but they allow eggs into their diet. And then there's the lacto-avo, which is no meat, fish, dairy, or no meat, fish, poultry um in their diet but they allow dairy and eggs into their diet so which is what you are yeah yeah okay you're a lacto ovo avo vegetarian (laughs) if you i'm never gonna call you that just so you know like (laughs) so so do you feel like that vegetarians vegans lacto avo vegetarians i almost got it right that time do you feel like they talk like this to each other like, oh, I'm this or I'm that. Like, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I've gotten every kind of response when people are like, you know, I want to eat what you eat. And I'm like, well, what I eat is very different than what you eat kind of thing. And then they find out that I'm a vegetarian and they're like, oh, like I've, you know, given them the plague or something like that. However, um, 
there is a definitive difference. There's the vegan and then there's the rest of us kind of thing. And and I don't want to say that, but uh, vegans really wear their proud name on their sleeves. And it's great. You know, that's a mindset that they choose to do. And I think it's important for them. Um, however, you know, you have to do what's right for your body. Like I allow eggs and I allow a little bit of dairy, but I do it in moderation. And it's not because of moral ethical kind of things. I only do cage-free, um, hormone-free eggs. And I do maybe three eggs, if that, in a day. And it might not be every day. Um, I might do a little bit of yogurt, but it's a lactose-free yogurt kind of thing. So I am very careful if I'm going to ingest those things. I do a lot of research to make sure that it is not processed and that it is still okay for my body to ingest. And again, variety in any diet is important. Eating the same things over and over and over again, especially when you come down to like something like eggs or dairy, which have been shown to be have shown that people can be sensitive to those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Right. And so your body will build up sensitivities based mm-hmm. on the things you feed it. If you don't change out your diet every once in a while, sure. because all tens and purposes, certain pieces of dairy, eggs for sure, have so many benefits Mm -hmm. to them. And so, you know, I think like Andrea said, it's doing what's best for your body, Mm -hmm. for her. She can't have meat because it physically makes her ill. Mm -hmm. Like, like it just wouldn't be worth it. And then the dairy and eggs are added in. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious, somebody that that used to eat meat and now no longer does, but doesn't have a choice to eat meat. Do you miss it? Not at all. I I really don't. I, um, I make meat for my kids, you know, and I make meat for Tyler, you know. Um, it's good. <laughs> but I don't, I, I miss like when I cook bacon, it smells really good. But, you know, I don't, I don't miss it. It's not a focal point for me. But one of the things when you become plant-based or vegetarian or vegan or whatever you might decide to go, um, your palate changes and your taste buds like jump up. And they are, there's so many foods and the layer of flavors to prepare your foods. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, I, I eat things now that I never thought I would eat. And I'm the same way. Like when growing up, even though I'm not plant-based 100%, more of that flexitarian, which for those of you out there, flexitarian means you don't have any rules, <laughs> which sounds really terrible, but I mean... You beat to your own drum. <laughs> right, exactly, which sounds like me, right? Um, but what I found interesting was that your how much your palate can change. Yeah, yeah. Like growing up, my, my mom and, and my brother ate very plain. Like I'm talking, like I would go to Subway. I don't go there anymore. <laughs> Don't judge me. I would go to Subway and literally I would have a meat and cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. I would have no lettuce. Yeah. I wouldn't have any peppers. I wouldn't have any jalapenos. I wouldn't all, all the just the delicious stuff that's out there right now. And what it took, though, was gradual integration. Mm-hmm. Like and, and some of the times that meant that I had to try things that I knew or I thought in my head I didn't like. But to Andrea's point, the beauty of it is, is that people think that when you go vegetarian, plant-based, whatever you want to, whatever yeah. verb we're using, right, to describe what you are, the the thing is, is that you can eat really delicious mm-hmm. food. Like I have been, when we were in LA, mm-hmm. we went to uh, Sage Bistro? Sage's, Sage Vegan Bistro. Yes. And shout out to Matt Nichols, who showed us this this beautiful restaurant and beautiful because literally everything there's no meat in the entire place like i could i would have to like bring my own meat in and they probably wouldn't even let me do that (laughs) but 
I'm telling you what, I didn't miss meat at all. Mm -hmm. Like I was full. I was satisfied. Mm -hmm. My gut felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that place was near me or near us, like we would be there all all the time. time. Um, So which goes to show, though, that like we're not saying that you need to go plant based. But one of the staples around the training repeat model of nutrition is that we need to eat more plants in general and more fruits, more vegetables, less processed food, because it does make a difference in terms of how you feel and adding years onto your life. But I think more importantly is that that food can taste good. Mm-hmm. It just takes some experimentation mm-hmm. and yeah. time for your palate to adjust. Yeah, for sure. So um, before we go into our next little thing about this, I a lot of people say, well, I can't do it. It's too expensive. Uh, I can't buy organic because it's too expensive. So if you feel that way, reach out and in fact, log into Facebook tomorrow and look at my post that I'm going to post tomorrow because my son and I created 12 meals. We did a meal prep, 12 meals. It's uh, two meals that created six meals each and it was all plant-based and it cost me $25. So it's roughly what, $4 and like 16 cents a meal. So I've got 11 meals sitting in my fridge right now because I had one yesterday. Oh no, I gave you one. I have 10 meals in my fridge. So I'm going to eat one. (laughs) So um, if you need help, reach out. I can help you. It's something I'm really passionate about. I've done a lot of the research and I know how to layer their flavors. But if you decide to go into a plant-based diet, either, you know, which avenue you decide to go to, there are certain supplements that you need to incorporate into your daily routine so that way um, you're not feeling neglected and you're not lacking in a specific area. So there are seven supplements that we really generally preach that you need to need to add into your diet, and it's vitamin B12, uh, vitamin D, which everyone living in the Midwest right now needs vitamin D, um, long-chain omega, omega-3s, which is EPA and DHA, yeah, and so like if you're eating flaxseed, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's a short chain omega three, mm-hmm. and so what happens in your body is that it, those short chains can be uh, can be absorbed and changed into long chain. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids can get that benefit, but it's only about 3 to 5% that actually get transferred over. So that's why we really want you to supplement either with fish oil or if you can't have fish oil, doing some type of like vegan DHA, and that usually comes from allergy. Yep, yep, exactly. I don't do fish oil, so I do a vegan DHA. Iodine, iron, calcium, and zinc. So those are seven different supplements that you should incorporate into your diet. Um, For B12, I do nutritional yeast. You can do spirulina. Um, There's a couple things you can do. Vitamin D, uh, that's our sunshine vitamin. Um, And right now we're in the wintertime and you can't get much sunshine, if not on your just your nose, because it's the only thing that's not covered. So supplement with vitamin D. Uh, Tyler, we talked about the long chain amigos. Iodine. A lot of people add extra salt to their food, and, and you're one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain? Yeah, I, I, you know the big thing is is that if you're eating a non-processed diet, mm-hmm. meaning you're not getting food from a box or a can, you're not eating out frequently, you could stand to take some salt in. Mm-hmm. Actually, quite a bit of salt. Salt mm-hmm. the heck out of your food. There's nothing wrong with salt. But the problem is, is that if you already are on a more processed diet, one meal out could easily make up for three days worth of sodium sure. in that food because they're using different preservatives and you don't know what they seasoned it with. And that meal could be sitting on the shelf for months on end, right? And so you're consuming all of that salt in. Now, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I don't eat out that frequently. I do eat out occasionally, but I 
eat pretty much we make all of our own food, right? And so I almost try and get more salt on my food. I may even sprinkle some salt into my water mm-hmm. first thing in the morning so that my body can actually absorb uh, that water too. So, you know, and and I think the biggest thing is, is that we're not saying that you can't get your yeah. nutrients from food. Obviously, it takes some research. Yeah. It takes some time for you to figure out in what quantities you need to have. But... We know, too, that the quality of our food has gotten worse over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I talked about on a pod on this podcast, you know, a few months ago about how the same orange that your great grandmother mm-hmm. ate, you would need to eat eight of them today in order to get the same nutritional value. So that's just and that's even if you're buying organic. And so taking supplementation mm-hmm. on top of a plant-based diet is there to ins- to fill in those gaps to yeah. ensure that you're going to make sure that you're going to ensure that you have the vitamins and nutrients that you need to support energy to make sure that you know you just overall feel good. Mm-hmm. So some of the benefits of going to a plant-based diet and again if if you're interested reach out we can help you devise a meal plan for yourselves um, but some of the benefits is it reduces the risk of heart disease it regu- regulates your blood sugar. Oftentimes you lose weight because you're not eating the processed food. Um, your skin improves. You can relieve a lot of symptoms of inflammation, uh, reduce some of the risks of cancers. And some benefits are that your palate changes and that you have more energy and better sleep. Yeah. And it showed in terms, and one of the big ones that it helps reduce is diabetes. Oh, yeah. Um, diabetes has actually been in numerous studies, the one ailment, which is now just running rampant across the United States and the world. And a lot of it has to do because of the processed food that we eat, the hyper palatable foods that we're putting into our mouth, which makes us want to eat more. But it has been shown that close to like 30% of people that go on a plant-based diet can reduce uh, can reduce their effect of diabetes by mm-hmm. 30%. They can also reverse their diabetes yes. by going on a plant-based diet. Absolutely. Cancer showed that overall uh, the uh, chances of contracting or, or developing cancer went down by 8% mm-hmm. uh, by changing to a plant-based diet. So it's not about the weight loss. That's a byproduct yeah. of it. Yeah. The other thing, too, that you have to be wary of, and Andrea hit on this, that people end up losing weight. Mm-hmm. Part of it is that you're not eating processed food. The other part of it, too, is that you're not eating calorically dense food. Correct. Right? Like if you go to McDonald's and you get like a Big Mac, that is a calorically dense like food, right? Like you were getting like probably- Calorie bomb. Is it, yeah. I mean, gut bomb yeah. for sure. And so what you need to make sure of, not only to get the nutrients that you need, but also to have the calories in, mm-hmm. because obviously it's a, it's a detriment if we under eat, you need to make sure that you eat more frequently. Yep. And so that might mean that you're doing smaller meals. That might mean that you're doing more snacks. Mm-hmm. I always call Andrea the the grazer. She, I'm the grazer. So when I see her going to graze on something, I go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always eating. And I'm, I'm not calling her a cow. Eating. So and and obviously she's laughing about it. She didn't slap me yet for doing that. No, I'm always eating. And it's it's something like it's because I'm eating throughout the day, but I'm eating when you go into these type of diets, you jump in really looking at what you're putting into your body and whether or not it's good for your body. And that's really what it, it's an education for yourself to understand how these things affect your body and why they affect your body is so beneficial. I couldn't think of a better transition to talk about how things affect your body. Segway. Stress. 
You got it. We're going to tell you what you need to look out for. So during this time of year, um, it's holiday time, and our holidays look significantly different than they did last year, right? Our holiday gatherings are no more, or if they are, they're less than 10 people. So the big family gatherings aren't happening anymore. You're feeling a little neglected, maybe a little alone. Um, you're feeling a little overwhelmed with shopping because you can't really go to the stores, and Amazon's always at your doorstep, i.e. me. Um, uh, they're at my doorstep too. So you're you're feeling a little bit more stress, and it's come up a lot in our clients' conversations, specifically this past month, about stress and what we can do to help them with stress. And I think the big thing that people maybe don't realize is that stress, it's not just a mental problem. And how if you let it go long enough, not only, again, you know, you don't know what you don't know, you get used to it. You're like, oh, this is just normal. Uh Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not. And I'm also here to tell you that it's causing other issues inside of your body that you may be attributing to other things, old age, not exercising enough, you know, those types of things. And when in reality, it's the stress that's causing all these issues. So for instance, you know, when we, if you're looking at like a body going head to toe, if you're ever foggy brained, Mm -hmm. like constantly, it doesn't matter how good of sleep you get, which Mm -hmm. it does affect your sleep. uh, Stress does. But if you always feel like you have a a feeling of self doubt, you always are like on edge. Mm -hmm. That is a clear sign that you your logical brain is just overworked and your emotions are starting to flow. Another thing too, is that everything hurts. So like, regardless of how much you work out or don't work out, you feel aches and pains a heck of a lot more. They become more sensitive because of that stress that you're holding in. Everything's just harder to do. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like the easiest tasks in the world seem impossible. Uh, GI issues. This is a big one. Mm -hmm. So it's a big one on two factors is that um, right now I have a current client and she is dealing with a really stressful time in her life. And everybody's body, and I'm, as I'm going through these symptoms, not all of these happen at the same time. Your body pre, it gets predispositioned to sort of sort of sound the alarm and tell you when it's too stressed. Sometimes that festers as joint pain. Sometimes that festers as migraine headaches. In this case, it was, a, it was an ulcer. Yeah. And, you know, the, if you go to the doctor, the doctor says, oh, well, you'll just take uh, Prilosec. Mm-hmm. And, but Prilosec helps with the symptoms, not the underlying cause. And so that's why like, you need to be cognizant when something's going on inside your body that doesn't necessarily make sense for your age. Maybe it doesn't make sense because it's something that um, you, know, you used to have and it came back. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's look back at where you were the last time this festered, right? And more than likely, it's your body reacting Mm -hmm. to stress. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the other GI issues, you know, what happens when you are really stressed is there are sensitive nerves and it's it's sensitive, it gets the nerves where they're really sensitive and it changes the digestion and can intensify heartburn. You can get things like ulcers, but what it also does too is that it makes you feel hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. And that hunger hormone will rise when cortisol rises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if, and you probably have noticed this, like when you're super stressed, 
and like you're going home and you're thinking about, oh, what am I going to get for dinner? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you see a drive through. Boom. You hit yeah. the drive through because it's easy. It's automated and you don't have to think about it. Or if you realize like you didn't get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you're feeling hungry all day long. That's another another stress uh, symptom that you go through. And then workouts. Workouts can actually make your stress symptoms worse. Mm-hmm. So if you're burning the light, the burning the candle at both ends already at your job, with your kids, it's holidays, all those things. And then you say, I'm going to have that stress outlet and I'm just going to go smash it yeah. at the gym. That actually can be worse for you. And when you're stressed, you can feel less like going and doing that workout. Sure. So much easier to stay covered up in bed and yep. laying on, on the, the couch. couch and all those things. And then one of the biggest ones, libido goes down. Yeah. You just, <laughs> plain and simple, it's a hormonal function, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're stressed and you never feel in the mood, it could be because you're sounding an alarm inside of your body. And we already talked about it, guys. Like, there's a million stressors out there that everybody's dealing with. If you talk about pandemic, if you talked about the financial woes that people are having right mm-hmm. now, the endless to-do list, your boss is yelling at you. But I think the big thing is, is that we want to be more stress-resistant versus stress-sensitive. So if you're stress-sensitive, resi- that means that you keep yourself in isolation, which in some cases, we don't have a choice of that right, right now. Right, right. A lot of us are. So that's why we would encourage you to like get on a Zoom, um, make sure you call a friend that maybe you haven't seen, mm-hmm. something like that. It also means that you might have had traumatic early life experiences. And again, this goes back to what I've talked about before in terms of your subconscious. There may be something in your past that you believe to be true that's so deeply ingrained in your subconscious that you really need to work on figuring out what that is and trying to rewrite your subconscious. Uh, pessimistic reactionary attitude. And we already talked about that. Yep. Like literally everything sets you off. Yep. Um, too much time in go, go, go settings. Mm-hmm. So like if you're always on and you can never shut it off. Always on your phone. Always on your phone. You always and, and part of it too is putting yourself in stressful yeah. situations. So like if you always say yes to something, even if you don't want to do it, that's a stressor. Absolutely. Even if it's something that's fun. Like so like last weekend, one of your girlfriends invited us out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a cold night. Mm-hmm. We'd worked all day. Yeah. Um, we had drinks the two nights before. <laughs> um, and we were just like, you know what? I, I just I'm drained. Yeah. yeah. Had we gone to Super that tired. That would have been more stressful Absolutely. than enjoyable. Yep. Even though it was an enjoyable moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And then the big thing, too, if you're stress sensitive is that you don't have any coping skills. Mm-hmm. You have no way, no outlet, no person to talk to, um, no journal to write in. Yep. You're in a downward spiral and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so, obviously, if you're stress resistant, it would be the opposite of that. So, how do you create that, though? I think that's the biggest thing. For sure. And so... One of the best ways is to realize the stress that you have and the Mm -hmm. feelings that trigger those stressful situations. So we would suggest doing journaling, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like literally writing down or checking in with yourself every morning to see how you're feeling. Yep. So it's a good thing to do when you first wake up in the morning, have your glass of water, your cup of coffee, cup of tea, whatever it is, and sit down, maybe get up before the kids get up, everyone else gets up and give yourself 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes to sit down and just start to write in your journal. And at first it might be difficult, but just turn off and write whatever you feel. It's it's so good for you to just write things down and get them out of your head. So that way you don't have to worry about that anymore. 
And if journaling doesn't work for you, maybe you go on a walk yeah. and you just take yourself through that day in terms of how you feel. But but writing it down helps because if you realize that there is a certain trigger that always sets you off, mm-hmm. then you know what to pinpoint or what to look at to try and change in your daily routine. I think, too, you know, we're not therapists. No. Going and talking to somebody, if you don't have somebody to confide in and talk, just have them listen, not that you're looking for answers. I think, too, limiting your exposure to social media. Oh, 100%. The news, like Andrea and I even talked about it. Obviously, the majority of our work is done on our phones, on computers, that after 8 o'clock, most nights, like last night, yeah. we worked a little bit later. Yeah. But most nights after eight o'clock, we are, don't have our phones next to us. Like it's on silent. Yep. yep. And we do not touch it. And you have to remember, it'll be there the next time you pick up your phone. You know, um, you know, if it's an emergency, then you deal with the emergency. But if it's something that's lingering in your email box or a text message, you, you don't have to respond right away. You have to get out of that knee jerk reaction. And one thing that will help, too, is is trying to automate more of your everyday tasks. So I talked about yesterday on my Facebook Live about how the more tasks that you can automate where your logical brain doesn't have to work so hard, because obviously the, your logical brain is is where you really are pushing yourself, right? You get a stress headache because mm-hmm. you're working so hard. If you can automate more of those tasks and take things off your plate where your subconscious can sort of take care of those things, you will have more room for things that matter mm-hmm. and more room for things that won't stress you out. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, just finding different stress relievers and everybody, it's a little bit different. Andrea's talked at nauseum about how her workouts are like her day. Mm-hmm. Um, if she doesn't get one in, she gets a little cranky. A little on edge. A little on edge. <laughs> she puts it very nicely. Um, but, but for me, like I realize that if I'm having like a stressful day, especially being cooped up in a house, right? I go for a walk outside. Yeah. Even on days like today when it's freezing cold 29 degrees and, and snowing, snowing um and very cold but there's a, a laundry list i mean meditation yoga tai chi deep breathing daydreaming drinking tea writing about your problems connecting with friends but you won't know what works for you until yeah. you try these things and try them more than once mm-hmm. because your first experience it's going to feel like an out of body experience sure you're going to feel a little uncomfortable and not something that you necessarily want to do but the idea is is like pick 5 try them Then track your morning heart rate, your temperature, your mood. Again, you can do that via journaling. They also have things called like aura rings, Mm -hmm. which tell you what your uh, resting heart rate is and your heart rate variability, Mm -hmm. which tells you how recovered you are. And that's a whole nother topic that we can get into. But then after 14 days, look at the journal and see if that change is working. See if you are a little less irritable. But if you don't track it. Mm -hmm. You won't know. Right. Just like if you don't do weigh-ins and you don't take pictures. You won't know if you're seeing progress from the And you got to check back in. in with yourself. So if you pick something like, say it's a walk, which is great. You get out, you get a new perspective, you get to get some fresh air and maybe some sunlight or, you know, something. Not here in Michigan, but something. But check in after you've done that that walk and be like, wow, I feel 10 times better. That's just what I needed. And it's a small break kind of thing. And I think it's the small things that matter. Like, I don't think any tactic that you use is is too small right and i think the the point is as uh you know one of my favorite authors coined in one of his books the goal is not to have no piles of shit Mm 
And that's what stress is. But to have smaller piles of yeah. shit. And the only way that you do that is if you, number one, realize that you are stressed. Mm-hmm. Realize that maybe the way that you're feeling has nothing to do with the fact that you're not exercising. It could, mm-hmm. right? It's all variables you have to look at. But it could be the fact or the fact that, like, you're not eating well. Yes, those factors play a role. Maybe you just have too much stress in your life. Mm-hmm. And you need to solve those stress problems before anything else can get solved because every anything else that you do is going to be adding something else onto your plate. Mm-hmm. Right? So, wow. We talked for a long time today. Yeah, that was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> I need some water. Um, but I hope you guys got a lot out of this. Um, again, I always invite you guys to leave a review if you're listening to this on iTunes, even if it's a bad review. You know, <laughs> I hope it's not. But but really, we want to know what you guys want to hear about. We're going based off of what we know as professionals, what we see in the field, what people are talking about. But if there's something specific that we, you guys want us to touch on, we will do the groundwork to make sure we give you the answers or close to the answers, uh-huh. or we'll look out and try and find that sure. expert in the field to talk to. So um, really appreciate it. Again, connect with us on Instagram. You can find Andrea at asage0307. And you can find me at fit underscore ferrant, F-A-R-R-A-N-T. And then you can also check us out on our website, traineerepeat.co. I hope you guys have a great week and we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.